0: Hi, I'm Joanne Vicknare, Meemaw, with, it's story time, Meemaw, an answered prayer for stories that point children to God on the Truth Network for kids. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it. Share it. But most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network.
1: This is the Truth Network. Everyone will follow the rules of the class. First rule,
2: welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show.
3: I say this calls for
0: action, and now.
2: The Christian Car Guy show, and I have Bill here. He's always smiling at me too. When I (laughs) (laughs) well, I never know what you're gonna say. The first rule of prayer. And and that, you know, that just kind of begs the question, you know, what in the world is the first rule of prayer? Well, you know, I'm not exactly sure, but I know what Jesus told me, he kind of winked at me when he did that. And so we're going to talk about that today, but uh, you know, just to let you know what's going on there. For the first time ever in the history of the Christian Car Guy show, I was telling Bill that SpongeBob SquarePants got to open the show with his school teacher there talking about the first rule, right? And then you might have heard Wang Chung talk about everybody have fun. And Larry Fleet, what an amazing song. I, I, I gotta admit, that song makes me cry on a lot of levels, uh, especially maybe when you hear my story today. So, as we talked about the first rule of prayer. And so along those lines, today's show is brought to you, as always, by a Hebrew letter. And uh, today's Hebrew letter is a Hebrew letter ayin, which has to do with vision, which it's a really neat thing, Bill, that it looks like a Y. OK, so if you're, you're picturing a Y in your mind's eye, that's good because it has to do with vision. But your eyes, you have two of them and they get together and they create one image. So I'm looking at you, I don't see two bills, I see one bill. And I look at Nick over here, our producer, I only see one Nick. But somehow or another I got two eyes that are creating the stereo image, uh, but it creates one vision. And in, in your own way, when you think about it, you know, if you begin to get God's eyes, you get to look at things sharing his vision. What an amazing thing that would be to even grow in that and, and to begin to see Things from his point of view, where there's no vision, the people perish, right? And so we are going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about some practical car insurance stuff today, since I have Bill. (laughs) But as my daughter calls it, when she has to work on insurance or banking or taxes, she says, I've done all the adulting I can do for a day. (laughs) So, yes, we're going to do some adulting on the show, but. You know me; I can't limit the show to that. But I so we we but we do have this this stuff for Bill to work on, <laughs> because I was having a very difficult week of adulting on insurance companies, credit card fraud, broken fishing rod to return, my wife's upcoming knee surgery. And there I was actually early, early in the morning trying to pray. And my mind, you know, it was crazy early, Bill. And my mind was going on everything in the world but God. You know, I couldn't get it to where I could think about Jesus. And so what happened was he he just kind of, you know how God winks at you? You can feel it in your heart. I don't know how to explain it other than that, but you meet with God in your heart. And there in my heart, I heard him wink at me. And he says to me, Robbie. You know what the first rule of prayer is? <laughs> and that's all he had to say to me because I, I I I have a story that I told Bill I would share since he didn't know what I was talking about, neither did Nick by the first rule of prayer. But this one, my granddaughter, I took her trout fishing in Colorado as I had taken her mother years ago. And we had spent two days trying to catch a trout. And unfortunately, she didn't have much patience because she was about eight years old at the time. And so every time she would throw, we were using salmon eggs, actually, she would throw them in the water. And before the bait ever got close to hitting the bottom of the pool that we were fishing in, she would yell, I got one, I got one. And she would reel it in. And of course, there was never a fish there. (laughs) and then she'd cast it into the weeds and then I'd have to straighten out the line and then you know she would get it all you know they call it a a bird's nest in the reel and you'd have to fix that and then you do this that and I was getting more and more frustrated Bill and and as I got more and more frustrated at one point in time after I'd fixed the line about the 50 dozenth time I looked at Lila and probably said very harshly Lila You've got to leave your bait in the water long enough for the fish to see it. And that's when she announces to me, she says, Papa, you have violated the first rule of fishing. (laughs) Considering I'm the one that taught Lila to fish, Right. It's the only person she'd ever been fishing with was me. And so somehow or another, I had told her at some point in time what the first rule of fishing was. And at that point in time, I'm sure I gave her a blank stare like what in the world is the first rule of fishing, even though I should have known because I'm obviously the teacher in this particular situation. And she shakes her finger at me and she says, have, I said, Lila, what is the first rule of fishing? And she says, have fun to simply have fun. And so I said, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I said, you know what? I have I violated the first rule of fishing and, 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 but you know, we, what we're going to do is we're going to pray and we're gonna ask God that, you know, he will help me to have more patience with you. If you'll have more patience with the fish. Right. And while we're at it, we'll ask him if we can catch a fish, but most of all, let's pray that we have fun. And so we stood there on the bank. There was a beautiful little waterfall i can take you right to the place in colorado where we were fishing i've caught lots of fish there that day we prayed um a special moment really for me and my granddaughter, and I will tell you that you know immediately she cast it back out and, and um, I looked up the, the river, and her mother was now snagged, and I could see by her swinging her pole wildly that I needed to help her and I took about two steps in tess 's direction to help her when I heard Lila scream once again i 've got one i 've got one <laughs> when I turned she really did have one and then she she had the pole in her hand and she was going I got you you little dickens and that fish was all over the river it was really nice trout and what was so cool about that moment is she, we, we, we got that fish in and she cast it and a few moments later she had one again and a few See, moments she later was she was
3: making positive affirmations
2: uh, oh man let me tell you she caught so many fish that day. My father was just a little bit up the river and almost immediately he started catching fish and Tess started catching fish. If you'd have just prayed an hour (laughs) earlier. So I'm guessing that you may now have surmised that when God winked at me, when Jesus winked at me that day, and I had all those crazy things on my mind this week, and he looked at me and he said, Robbie, you do know what the first rule of prayer is. I knew exactly what he was talking about. And there's more to it, you know, theologically, I will tell you that when you you take Jesus as what I call his last name, which is Christ, or Messiah, Meshiach, you know, that word is very much connected to the idea of joy. And when you think about having fun, it's very much related to the idea of joy, because the anointed one would bring joy, and in his presence is fullness of joy, so of course... Of course, when you're in prayer, this should be a truly joyful... Now, sometimes there's a lament that may lead to the joy, right? But in his presence is fullness of joy. And so that does not mean there's an absence of sadness or an absence of lament. But there is a fullness of joy because you do know that, I mean, he he completely has that. And so with all that said, and I did want to get all that said, and I got it done in the first segment. I would love to hear your thoughts or your first rule of prayer or, or what along those lines of you walking with Jesus, what does that conjure up in your mind? I would love to hear it. 866-348-7884. Yes, Bill. And inquiring minds want to know if you caught any fish that
3: day or if the women did all the... the- <laughs> <laughs> did God bless them more
2: than he blessed you? I like that scene from A River Runs Through where God's been particularly good to me. Well, actually, I was so busy taking fish off of, and I, and I didn't come there to catch fish. I came uh, there. Sounds like excuses. No, it like, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the, you, you didn't have enough fish to get. <laughs> well... I actually, as I recall, was not. It didn't even take my own pole to the river that morning, as it, because I knew that I was going to be quite busy, um, helping my eight-year-old granddaughter and my daughter and and my father, who at that point in time was 86, and and there was a lot of um, fish guiding that needed to happen. So. Anyway, 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and share. Your vision of prayer, 866-348-7884. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.
1: First rule.
2: The first rule of prayer today on the Christian Car Guy show. What's your thoughts about the first rule of prayer? (laughs) I would love to know. You got to call us. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. And I got a lot of stories along those lines because I have to tell you that in the time that I've been gone, I've been gone a couple weeks myself, Bill. Um, Thanksgiving week, talk about an amazing week. Well, actually, that weekend was our masculine journey boot camp, and I got to baptize my little brother, who's not that little, he's sixty-five <laughs> and six foot two. But anyway, I got to baptize Mark. That was beyond crazy. And that Tuesday test, the, the, my daughter that we just described, um, was married, um, and in just an amazing ceremony up in the, uh, the mountains in West Jefferson, North Carolina. And then Thanksgiving morning. Um, I got a story along those lines and then I went steelhead fishing last weekend and so I was fishing again and I couldn't help but think about the first rule of fishing as I went most of the time there without catching a fish so we're gonna get into all that but we got to do some adulting Bill so (laughs) you may know that Bill has been my Christian insurance agent oh for many many since I've known him well over 30 years but uh he retired Which was a huge loss to the Robbie insurance world, I can tell you, because all these struggles that I've had over the last, actually, six months um, would have been so much easier had Bill been my agent, but he wasn't. So, to to give you this short story, but I think it's a very helpful learning thing for all of us, because I certainly learned a lot. I I had um, my dad's car that we inherited, um, and it was had progressive insurance on it I never bothered to switch it over to nationwide where Bill had all my stuff, but Bill had retired by this point in time and I didn't think much about it. I left it with progressive and we got in an accident in Florida, which we've talked about on the air before. You do not want to have an accident in Florida because they have very crazy insurance laws there and it total lost the car. And through all the shenanigans that actually that claim has not been settled completely to this moment, even though it happened in May, Um, I can't believe it. I've still got a Federal Express package that came in Friday with Progressive trying to offer some kind of solution. And, you know, and that all went on. Well, then that left the problem after they've totaled the car and we decided to keep the car. How do we ensure this car that's been totaled because it has a salvage title and a lot of stuff I won't go into. We decided to reinsure that car and then that car was wrecked again my wife unfortunately was hit by another car in october and now with this car with a salvage title and oh my goodness this threw the insurance company for such a loop literally Um, my wife has been driving what would appear to be somewhat unsafe car i didn't know how unsafe um for over a month because unfortunately the insurance company involved continued which was not progressive uh continued to drag their feet um Uh, actually until this week um, we began to try to resolve this claim and and what they came back with as far as how to solve this what was so ludicrous but just to say all that to say wow if you you know a lot of times people get hail damage or something they'll have a car that's very drivable a nice looking car and it's a great car does all it's supposed to do but it's a total loss as far as the insurance company is if you go to (laughs) <laughs> insure that car again after you've taken it and kept it after it was a total loss bill not a good idea to put collision insurance on it is it well it depends you got to see what the, the radius
3: in this day and time if you can find an agent that has their own agency that has a great reputation that you can sit down across the table from i highly recommend that you try to find one of those You get an 800 number, and you got a different person each time you call. It just gets unbelievably complicated. And a great deal of insurance has to do with how you articulate what happened when you call in the claim. It's always told my clients, let's call, let's discuss it. What are you going to say when you call this claim in? Write it down. Let me hear what you're going to say. Let's make sure you don't add stuff that's going to make things complicated. And then you know exactly what was said then you always ask, who's going to call me back and when? And if I don't hear back from them, who do I call? And you keep good notes. And in most cases, at least in the old world, the insurance companies want to pay you exactly what they owe you, no more, no less. But your agent's job, because they get a commission, is to pick up the phone and say, how come my client's having a problem here? I don't understand why this hasn't been handled yet. That's why they get their little piece of the cost. And in most cases, you don't know. I mean, it's the same price whether you call the 1-800 number or whether you got a local agent. But you've got to put the agent to work. you got to call up and say, this is what happened. How do I explain this? Do you want to report it for me or should I? What should I expect when this happens? And then when it doesn't go the way you expect, you need to call the agent back and say, you know, you make money off. What I buy through you, I need a little bit of help, and you expect them to get on the phone and solve the problems, but you got to keep good notes. The worst thing in the world is when somebody calls, I don't know what I said, I don't know what they asked, I don't know who I'm dealing with, then it's almost impossible to do much for them. The other thing is if you ever have to end up getting an attorney, if you've got good notes on who you talked to and when and what was said and what was expected, then the attorney's got something to work with. at a big, great, big highlight, this and underline, you never tell the insurance company you're talking to an attorney. You never tell them you're gonna threaten to get an attorney. If you have to get an attorney, you let the attorney let them know that they're involved. But if you've got a really good agent, the agent should solve most problems at no cost to you. So find a good agent, make sure it's a good
2: company, and keep good notes. So, so to get back to the question I actually ask you, <laughs> uh, that was wonderful, too, by the way, Bill. It was very helpful and very practical. However, the question I ask you, <laughs> which I kept in the back of my mind because I take good notes. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyway, we'll get back to that question when we come back, along with, hopefully... Come on, somebody call me. 866-348-7884. What's the first rule of prayer in your book? 866-348-7884. It might be just do it, you know, like Nike. Prayer <laughs> with petition.
3: You're listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com.
1: First rule. Everybody,
2: That's where I find God. The first rule of prayer today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And we are going to get to Bill's question that he's had all break to think about. But before we do that, we have Miss Jay, which I'm very excited about, to talk about the first rule is thanking Jesus. So, Miss Jay, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. So glad you called in today. I missed you.
0: <laughs> Good morning to both of you guys, just you know, whoever else is in the studio. Hey. Good morning
2: to you.
0: Did it, you like that bedroom poem, the Middle States bedroom One?
2: I did, very much. Um,
0: okay, but that first rule, um, it, it starts off with a little poem, then I'll give you a little synopsis of it. When, it. when my father comes to see me, I'll smile my biggest smile. And when, when my father comes to visit me, when my father comes to see me, I'll make sure. My admiration is dressed at its best. So when, so when my father comes to see me, I'll know that the feelings are mutual. So it took me a minute to get to that point to know that our feelings were mutual, that he loved me like he said he did um, after reading the Word. And then I started like, oh, my God. When I would say things to him, he would come around, and he wants to answer them. You know, and like even this morning, like he got me up at 5 this morning, you know, and I and I was just like, and I know it's him because now I know the presence of him. And it's like, and it was just, he wanted to answer the question that I had been asking him for a period of time. And um, I was like, and I got peace about it. So, but that's me when um, when I realized that the communion that he said was real with him, was real, really, really real. So that's how that poem came to be.
2: Well, uh, let me just say, like, that just that line, I mean, I can just think about that forever, that if I'm going to have my best on, it's going to be a smile. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You're having a good time. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I, you
2: know, I, I I have the absolute joy and I do mean it's a joy of I've done a devotion at a, at a, a retirement, it's actually an assisted living place in Moxville for, again, maybe 30 years, I don't, a long, long time. And there is no explaining the delight when I walk in there when I have my jokes and all that stuff and we're going to laugh and I see those smiles right mm-hmm. they're all dressed in their best because you can see that they're just delighted that you're there they're delighted to meet with god however that works but it, 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 that smile means all the difference and and, <laughs> and, and 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 clearly that morning as i described that jesus winked at me that i, I did not have a smile and i was not dressed for success <laughs> <laughs> So, and and I just love that whole concept. It's so beautiful, Miss Jay. And I, you know, that's that that is just perfect. Um, what a yeah, great what a great me. poem.
0: <laughs> it was perfect for me because it was really so real. I mean, you know, when you really really realize that God is who He really said He is, and He's there for us. And then and every time I would meet with Him, He would like. I don't know what you can put it mystically or how you would put it. I would see a smile through him, even through the clearness of, you know, of who he is. And, and I knew he was smiling and he was, um, he taught me how to smile. Yeah you know, until now I I was like, wow, I was so elated about that and that's how the poem came, that little short poem and I'm gonna give him my best. I'm gonna smile my best at him.
2: I'm right I'm writing that I'm writing that that down right now, Miss J. He taught me (laughs) how to smile. smile. I mean, if we all just take nothing else away from this show today, (laughs) he 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 taught me how to smile. He did. He did. That's, That's so beautiful. After so,
0: after so many Martha,
2: Martha, Martha. Uh, because I've been looking at Bill's face for 30 years, and it's... <laughs> Lucky <you>. <laughs> <laughs> He, he doesn't naturally... You know, some people don't have a natural smile. And, you know, like every time you see him, he is not smiling. I know you may be shocked to know that. But right now, he's got a great oh, big one on, that. and I know who taught him how to do it, and it was Jesus. There's no doubt. Uh, well, yeah, there's some people yeah, I smile around the a lot more than others.
0: <laughs> how you doing, Mr. Bill? I'm Mr. Bill, doing, doing wonderful.
3: It's so nice that
2: you called in when I was here. <laughs> oh, That's uh, that's classic right there. Well, thank you, Mister. Jake. I just I want best. him to know that
0: I hear his smile every time when I hear him talking, so I do know that God <laughs> doesn't
3: sit <down>. sound. <laughs> well, sometimes Robbie tries to put you on a spot, so your face looks like, now what is it he's trying to lead me down a path to do?
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a challenge. Bobby
0: has the gift. He has the gift of of the smile and hospitality in his yes, yes, whole he does. concept of his voice. He really, and that's why more and more people are going to come because he's like the preacher of that. And then <laughs> yeah. every time he <laughs> lifts the name of Word of God up, more more people are going to be coming to him. He Uh, just had that. It was contagious the first time I
3: listened to him. I was like, who is this person? I I say that every time I see him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Every time he tries to figure out what's the topic of the show today. I have no idea, Bill. I just don't. Thank you, Miss J. God bless you. And you have a great weekend. Getting ready for this season. All right. Bye-bye.
0: You too.
2: So, oh my goodness. Like, how fun. Uh, is this topic so we promised that Bill and he's going to give this answer with a smile this time I am I
3: am <laughs> and I did before the, the answer to your question is to get you a good agent that can figure out in your particular state with your particular well, let me vehicle. let me
2: repeat the question first so everybody knows what I'm asking the question is if you have a total loss vehicle or it was totaled then you're going to have to reinsure it right because a lot it, of people
3: don't know what a wreck title is
2: yeah okay well let's go into that a minute alright so So you go, you know, you have an accident and your insurance company says, well, this vehicle is going to cost more to repair than the value of the car. And so we are going to deem it. And when I say more to repair, more to repair. 75%. Right plus the salvage value is more than the car so that you know any car has some salvage value plus the cost of the repairs if that exceeds the value of the car then they will deem it what they call a total loss and you people say I, my car was totaled that's what they're talking about it was a total loss and in that case what happens usually is the insurance company will give you a check for what they figure the value of the car is fair market value and they include taxes and all licensing and all sorts of stuff and then they'll remove your deductible if there is one in the situation and they will give you a, a cash settlement and you turn the car back in and it gets and, turned into a coffee tape right it gets crushed or whatever may happen that's what normally happens however they do give you an option like in the case of my car where it was extremely drivable where they say if you want to keep the car we'll give you this much money and you keep the car and they detect what they feel like is the salvage value of the car. Well, once you have that, then the title now is a different title. It's what they call a salvage title because the car has been considered a total loss claim by an insurance company. And so the the title is branded, is what they call it in most states. It's branded as a total loss vehicle. And so the, the value of the car, even if it's completely repaired, is nowhere near the value of a car that has not been total loss. And so it poses... particular you know difficulty or you know (laughs) complication for the insurance company to how am i going to insure this vehicle because the value of it is no longer just like a regular car
3: well normally normally when you have collision on a car They'll use a service that will call four or five different dealers and say, this is the car, this is the condition, this is the mileage. How much would you buy this car from and how much would you sell this car from? And then they average all those figures together to come up with a fair market value of the car. Well, you can't do that with a salvage t- title. Uh, one, nobody will finance it, so that drops the, the cost. The only place that you can sell one is between two friends. So it's almost impossible to figure out what a reasonable fair market value is. So in most cases, in most states, most insurance companies don't want to insure a vehicle collision on a salvaged car because there's no way to determine what the fair market value is. But good companies will at least let you put comprehensive on there, fire theft, vandalism, storm damage. So there's some money that you've got covered. But until you tell me how much it's going to cost, if you say, I've got this uh, eight year old car with the salvage title, only cost me $10 a month to have collision on it, I'd say, I'd put it on there for $10 a month. But if you said they were going to charge $30 a month for collision, I'd say, I'm not going to put $30 a month into collision for that car. So it depends. It's better to have some money, but you know up front that there's going to be a problem with figuring out how much money that they're going to give you
2: once again with many counselors plan succeed right so when you well, got at least a compl- one good one yeah uh, you know when you got a complicated issue like that you know it's nice to have and i do have right jerry at raised body shop to talk about what's going on with the repairs i've got bill i've got other insurance people i know well to help me with the other but most importantly it gets back to the first rule of prayer. <laughs> right? I have Jesus and like I need wisdom and 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 prayer to me is is a, is a gigantic, you know, part of what that is. So we got one more segment for you to call in and share maybe your prayer poem or your first rule of prayer or whatever you're thinking. I got a couple of stories I was hoping to share, but I would rather hear yours actually. 866 866- Three four eight seven eight eight four eight six six three four truth. When we come back, the first rule of prayer and a very cool version of the song we've been listening to.
3: You're listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com.
1: The song the crickets are singing. I don't know what they're saying, but it sounds like a hymn to me. All right.
2: That is Larry Fleet with That's Where I Find God. I love, the, the, you know, the crickets sounds like a hymn to me. I love several lines in that, that that just, it actually made me cry when I was thinking about it. There's so much in that. And then when I heard Miss J say all that she said, but, you know, he taught me how to smile. I mean, I was just going to take that one to the bank. <laughs> like, I, I just think that's a phenomenal a phenomenal understanding and the reason why I love people to call into my show. And so I'm going to give you that number again, because you may have something to share like that. I would love to hear it. 866 348 truth So you may hear him say in a deer stand and you may hear him say when he was on the water, right? Well, interestingly, over the last week, I had those two experiences. Uh, I was in a deer stand Thanksgiving morning and it, it turned out I was hunting by myself I was supposed to go with somebody, but I was kind of glad at the opportunity because I really wanted to, you know, enjoy that experience talking to Jesus. And so we were, we were talking through the whole hunt. Like in in that morning, I was just like, Jesus. I only want to harvest the animal that you want me to, you know, I, I don't want to take a shot you don't want me to take. And I don't want to, you know, so, you know, early that morning, about 715, a whole group of deer Came out right where I'd seen him many times, and there was a beautiful four-point buck amongst them. But it really, I was wanting. I, I, you know, love venison, and so that's the reason why I hunt. And bucks are not as good to eat, honestly. And so, but I was looking for a particular kind of deer, and one showed up in that group, and I put the scope on it, and I said, "Is this the one, Jesus?" And he said, "Don't take that shot." <laughs> I said, "Okay, I won't take that shot," and I didn't take that shot. Although it was right where the shot would have probably done, but he said, don't take that shot. So I didn't. And then I started to kick myself because I was like, man, that was a good shot. <laughs> you know, I had that shot. That. Jesus was telling you you we were going to miss. I don't know what he was saying. I, you know, that wasn't the animal. I don't, I don't know what he was saying. All I know is he said, don't take that shot. So I didn't. And, and so a very, not long later, right, I looked to the left and silhouetted by the sun, is another deer, which is exactly the size deer that I'm looking for. And I was like, man, this is the one. And, and, and I couldn't get it in the scope because every time, I don't know if you've ever looked through a scope, but again, it was silhouetted by the sun. So if you ever get a scope full of sun, it's, it's magnifying the light and it's quite an experience in your eye. And so I'm trying to get the deer w- without being, you know, getting a scope full of sun. Eventually I get it there. And interestingly, the and I won't go into all the details of this, but it was still beautiful from my point of view, that the the the, the crosshairs were where I thought they would be, and I asked again, Jesus, that's a shot. And he says that's a shot. I said, okay. And I squeezed off the shot, and at the same time offered another prayer. Don't let it suffer, please. And it didn't. Okay, I won't go into a lot more details, but it was a very clean situation as far as those usually go. When I actually saw where the shot was that that, 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 that allowed this deer not to suffer, <laughs> it was not where I aimed. I was like, okay, you took this bullet. Because, I mean, this was such a beautiful shot from my perspective that it har- harmed no meat. And in other words, all this animal was one of the cleanest I've ever had a chance to process. And so, oh my goodness, what a, what an amazing, amazing, from my, my point of view, uh, experience of being able to have that kind of thing with Jesus through the whole thing, and and, and now able to enjoy those. Because for my family, a venison for Christmas is a special treat, and this is exactly you know what I was looking for along those lines. Well, I left there, and the next day went steelhead fishing, right? And I had two days of not catching a fish, but I, as always, I wanted to catch these fish with Jesus. Very similar situation. So every cast, I'm trying to not very all that successful, but like, is this where we need to cast? You know you know let me know when it's time to set the you know all those things are going on so i I hunted i fished very very hard for two days in ohio in the snow and the wind blowing very cold off lake erie i mean it was quite an experience bill <laughs> with my good friend terry my good friend jim graham and nothing right and so then they were calling for 14 inches of snow coming in on monday And we needed to, like we were going to fish on Monday, but I I thought, well, we can fish in the morning and before the snow really compiles, you know, we can can get out of Dodge. And I went to my friend Terry, who was kind of the leader of this expedition. I said, can we fish in the morning? He goes, no, it's not, it rained all night. The water's going to be like chocolate milk. There's no sense in fishing. I said, well, you know, we drove a long way and I just feel like God's, we're supposed to go fishing. No, we're not going fishing. I said, please, 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 please. And eventually I begged him into going fishing Monday morning. When well, we get down to the river, if you've ever steelhead fished, when they begin to feed, they turn over in the water, and they're huge fish. And, and so it looked like the water's boiling with these fish in there, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, we, we've hit Shangri-La. We did, right? And so there's nothing like the sight, if you're a fisherman, right, of your bobbers out there, and, and, and interestingly, with it having rained, it did. We thought, well, we'll put some worms on there, just the traditional fish food, right? <laughs> <laughs> and there's no sight in the world from my perspective is to watch a steelhead take a worm and watch what happens to your bobber because it's going to go down because, I mean, it's a serious fish. Um, and, and what an amazing and, and all of us, all three of us worshiping God as, as we had a chance to harvest some fish there. Uh, it, again, it was just like, oh, my goodness. And that was my earlier part of my week, Bill. I tell you, you leave a, a tough life. A tough I do. life. But the actual story behind that, I wanted to talk about vision. So I asked God because he told me my word of the year. Or this is a little hint for masculine Journey was going to be vision for 2024. You might remember my word of the year for 2023 was that we're going to be gathered in great faith. But my which I had two daughters married this year, which is amazing to me. But anyway, this year's word is vision. And so I, I knew that. You know, coming into this weekend and having all this time with God because I haven't done a show in a couple weeks, and I had a lot of time with God. I was give me a vision, give me a vision. Well, that morning, Tuesday morning, I mean Monday morning, he woke me up at midnight, and you know we were going to go fishing or whatever. And I was like, well, God, you know, I've been asking, I've been asking, what's this vision? And he said, you're not ready to hear it. And I said, oh, no, I was wondering if he wanted me to stop doing, you know, stop being an assistant pastor, stop the devotion here, stop all, because I'm involved in a lot of things. And I thought, oh, no, the reason I'm not willing to hear it is because he wants me to stop doing something. He goes, Nope, that's not it. And you're just not, you're just not ready. And so we argued for about a half an hour, actually, about what, you know, I want to be ready. What's your vision? Give me the vision. What is it that I'm, you know, for 2024? What's new and exciting? And he said, are you, you sure you're ready? I said, I'm ready. He said, all the stuff that you do, Robbie, flows out of the time that we spend together. So I know you, you get up at 3.30. I want you to consider getting up earlier. To the 3.30? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Significantly earlier. I, I won't go into I what that, that is. may not be ready yet. And he said, I'll get you up. And, and that time, that's just alone. not, not talking about what you're going to talk about on the air or not talking about, he's talking about the intimacy time. That's what he wanted more of. That's the vision for 2024. I hope you can get something similar like that. Similar time to where he can, you know, teach you how to smile, right? And the first rule of prayer is have fun. And so I'm looking forward to having you guys back next week. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went. Got it all done in 33 years with a smile on his face, by the way. And thank you, Bill, as always. It's a perfect show to have you on. (laughs) Thanks for listening.
3: This is the Truth Network.